Hi, it's At the Table with Darlene, and tonight we are coming to you uh, with uh, Christy Hill and Tiffany Kramer, and we have a special guest with us tonight, Chris Norman, and he's going to be sharing a little bit with you. And we'd like to talk to you, since it is Thanksgiving time, it is almost Christmas time, Notice I said almost because as we turn around, it's going to be Christmas. Some of you have probably already finished your shopping. Some of you are thinking, when am I going to shop? That would be me. Amen. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, this is a, a time of the year where we think of family a lot. And, and I hope that you were had a good time at Thanksgiving and around the table with your family. And so tonight we're going to talk a little bit about the table and how we came up with the name and and so Chris is with us and I want Chris to share with you a little bit because we have to tell you that it is Chris's idea on the name that we are using at the table with Darlene. Yes it was my idea and um, we were kind of all I guess it was really the last podcast in the beginning of it we were still trying to figure out a name we didn't know a name for it officially and of course those two podcast came out before we actually had to figure out a name um but I, I was sitting here behind the computer and just looking and um the whole point of this was to talk about real issues and real life and talk about um things that people are dealing with that, that everything isn't so especially in church we get this idea that everything's just so holy and everything's so perfect and even on Facebook, like you look at Facebook and you think everybody's marriages are perfect mm -hmm. and everybody's parenting perfect and their kids are perfect <laughs> and everybody's rich because they only talk about the amazing things except certain people that don't talk about the amazing things, but nobody likes to follow them on right. Facebook, but you know, <laughs> and I think it was just really important to have a time to where we can sit down and I think one of the really important things in life that people have gotten away from is sitting down at a table at dinner and having those conversations and those real life conversations and I just felt like at the table with Darlene was sitting down with you and having real conversations about real things that people are struggling with or people are thinking about or people are um, wondering about that everybody's either too proud or too egotistical or too whatever to ever really talk about. So true and it, it when you actually you put that up uh, on almost immediately, you sent me a text and asked me what I thought about it. And it was like, yes, that's really neat. I wouldn't have thought of that. But I feel like God's just got such a, a big picture here. And I love what you just said about the fact that God is trying to, one thing he wants us to be is honest. Because if we're not honest with ourselves and we are not in a safe place where we can be honest with others, then we live in a world of having to play pretend. And that is what has really, I believe, that's why so many people quit the church and they say that uh, people are phony, Christians are phony, or they're hypocritical. And, and of course, I, you know, I know there's hypocrites everywhere, and I know that none of us are perfect. But I believe that we're living in a time and we're living when our young people, the generations around us and under us, even older than us. Uh, there's a few still older than I am. Uh, but I believe that they're looking for truth. Mm -hmm. And um, and so, you know, the gospel is so true. I mean, it's real-life stories of real-life people. 
And, and with so, real life problems. Yes. <laughs> And real life solutions, mm-hmm. because and that's what we want to represent. We want to represent the truth of everyday struggles of men and women, and say, you know, that hey, we want to hear your story. We want your testimony. We want to see what God has done and and in your life and with your situation. So, I believe that around the table means something so big that I can't even comprehend it. I think one of the things, too, is inviting God to the table because growing up, I grew up in church ever since I was however old, and I grew up, and, you know, my generation wasn't too far along, but there was a certain generation that I grew up in in the church, and it wasn't okay to talk to God about what was really going on in your life. Like, you had to even pretend to God, and Mm -hmm. I think that is something that people desperately want to get away from. That's why people aren't coming to church. It's why I stopped coming to church for a while because I didn't feel like I was being real with God and mm-hmm. loving God the real way and talking to God really about my problems and that God really did care about what I mean he ultimately knew what I was going through but God wants to hear what we're going through and hear what the struggles are and having God at the table as well that he cares about what we would consider stupid things or what we consider important things that it doesn't matter but he wants to hear about it all and that he he even wants to hear our angers and he wants to hear our frustrations and he wants to hear all those things and he's not too good or too proud to listen to those things i i agree you know and at the table is so significant and we're going to talk about that a little bit tonight uh, i received a text from christy today and and she wanted to talk about the table uh tonight also and was share and said you know we had preached uh, a series, Daryl and I, uh, back a long time ago, didn't know it was so long ago. We got to looking at our notes, and it was in 2011. Which and, is so hard to believe. I because know. I still remember things from I that, know. and it just seems like it was just so recent. It was it was powerful, so hopefully some other people can uh, and, glean from that. And I got so excited reading the notes, and I thought, oh, we've got to, we've got to do this series again. So after the first year, I believe we're going to do that. But there's some really good things in here that happen around the table. And uh, there's some spiritual things that happen. And even though we have a good time and we're going to have a really great time as we do these podcasts, there's something that is spiritual that goes on. And you look in the Word of God and, and it is such a spiritual thing. Thanksgiving time, a lot of people were with their families. They sat around the table and you have conversations that you don't have normally. You get to be with family members that you don't get to spend time with very much. And there's something that happens around the table, and it's really important to God that we have these times. And so I believe that as the podcast is being birthed, that we're going to see God's word revealed as we sit around the table because he's into fellowship. He's into connecting. He's into what the cares that we have because he has all the answers. And so he wants us to connect so that we can strengthen each other and strengthen the listener that's sitting out there and are listening to this podcast. And there's something that that they can say, "You know, I felt like that. Maybe I got maybe I was disillusioned." Because I knew I wasn't being real. I was afraid to be real. Mm -hmm. I was afraid to be real. It scared me. It terrified me 
I preached and ministered for years without ever sharing any of my story because I was embarrassed by so much of it, of my story. I was embarrassed that if you knew my story, you wouldn't want to listen to me because somewhere along the way, I thought that we had to keep uh, ourself covered and protected because someone else would not, you know, that rejection. I guess it was fear, fear of rejection. rejection. Yeah. It is, and it's the thought of I'm not good enough. They're going to think I'm not good enough. I don't I don't have a theological degree. I didn't go to seminary. I, I'm not good enough. Why would they want to listen to me? I've been broken. I've been abused. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, you have all those thoughts. I think yeah, it's totally... I think it's normal to have those thoughts, but it's yeah. also normal to I admire to be Joyce Meyer. You know, mm-hmm. I remember listening to her and, and it was like, you know, she just put it all out there. And uh, you know, God just used her mightily. I think she broke the veil in that aspect of the church in a lot of ways that it was okay to be human. Real broken. Human. Yeah. And it's okay to, to whatever and it's okay to be honest with and you, you don't have to have a certain I think it's so easy in churches, and not so much this one, but in churches it's so easy to think that you have to be a certain way to sit on the front row and, and to do right. these things, and you have to be perfect, and you have to put on this error that you are this certain thing, but that's just not, that's not reality. I think that we have a tendency to feel like if people know the real us or all of us, that we're going to look like a hypocrite because we forget in ourselves because of that fear that, that it all comes from you know, the fear tells us, well, you're not really, you haven't been redeemed. You haven't, you're not recovered. You're not set free. And so we feel like if they know the truth about me, then they're just going to think everything I've set up to this point, I'm being a hypocrite. And that's not, that's, that's negating the grace of God. But our fear, that's what the devil comes at us and be like, you better keep it quiet because, you know, so what if there's other people who are going through the same thing? You messed up. You screwed up. And so you can't be redeemed. And if people find out who you are or what you did or what you didn't do, then, you know, they might think that everything you set up to this point is a baloney. Yeah. So. And we compare ourselves by somebody else that we see that seems to have it all together. And so then we feel like that's the standard that <clears throat> we're supposed to to live up to. And I knew that God wanted to use me and I believe that God was using me and that the, the messages that I preached were real. But I also know that when I began to let God peel the onion of who I was and that when I really began to see the brokenness for what it was, and then I began to see the possibilities of what God really wanted to do. And so the table experience will do that because there again, we're all, you can minister to however many people you want. You can talk to people in Walmart. You can talk to people at your work. You can talk to people on the phone or whatever, and they have a picture of what they think that your life is like. And uh, you get a picture of them. But until you actually sit at the table uh, and talk with people and share with people, you don't really know where people are coming from. And so I, I really believe that at the table, that is one of the things that God is doing. Do you know that when the Lord wanted to build a nation, he gathered his people around the, the uh, his presence uh, at the table of showbread? You know, and, and so God ordained and God created 
the table, there was that place for his glory. And then when Jesus went, wanted to prepare the disciples for ministry and for ministry when he was gone, he gathered them around the table. And uh, so the principles of the table, I really believe that God uses to build families, to strengthen us, to love us, and to sharpen our characters. And uh, so I believe that as we keep our hearts and we keep our ears open, that, that God is really going to speak some things through the ministry of Around the Table. And so, Chris, I really am thankful that you listen to God, you know, with that, because I believe that it's, it's really going to open up a door that we couldn't open otherwise. One of the things I've... And I was actually on my <clears throat> driving and praying about all this when that I feel like the Lord gave that to me. But I think where that spawned from is, you know, in my Bible study right now, I've just been kind of imagining what it would have been like to be one of the disciples and sitting around a fire or a table or wherever they were. And the Bible even talks about it a couple of times that Jesus explained the scripture to them or, or talked to them about it. And I just imagine just sitting there low-key and Next. Jesus just being like, hey, you know, when, you know, Moses did this, you know, he was really thinking about this, you know, he, he, he said this to God, you know, and, you know, just explaining those things and even in detail. And I almost find myself wanting so desperately to be sitting at the table and I would mm -hmm. just be just to be able to soak up that communication with, with Jesus and how to do that in a prayer time. Yeah. Yeah. Communication is so important in our families. And, and I believe that in this season that we're in, in this Christmas season that's coming up now, that it's really important that we take some time to uh, do some things that we haven't been doing, neglecting some things that we have neglected. And that's the time at the table, not only in these times of podcasts, but in your home, in your life. Because as I uh, begin to look over my notes and begin to think about uh, particular series that we did about the table there's something about it uh, Exodus 25 and 23 talks about making a table and uh, and then 25 and 30 of Exodus said put the bread of the presence on the table before me at all times and the there's so many scriptures about the table in the word of God and, and it goes on into the New Testament where Jesus would appear to the disciples at the table. And he would talk about situations and, and explain things, like you said, Chris, to his disciples. And so there is an anointing around the table. And that's what we want. We want the anointing of the Holy Spirit to, to just come into these times. And yes, we want to laugh. We want to have fun because this is a silly group. Uh, there will be times where, where there will be laughter. There will be times where there will be tears. Uh, but I believe that God is going to use this to bring healing. And there's such a significance in the Word of God about the table. Christy, uh, what your thoughts on the table? When you were thinking earlier today and, and you texted me that, tell me some thoughts that were running through your head. Well, when we talked... Um when you had the idea for the, the title, Chris had the idea for the title, and we were kind of battering back and forth like exactly how to word it, one of the things that I thought of was um, ladies' conference in the spring we, when we had um, our Women Around the World ladies' conference, and we had a guest speaker here, Holly. I don't know how to say Holly's last name. 
and she's an author and she you know she came and brought her book and she's worked with you extensively and and so you know in one of the sessions you wanted to have a table and where you you know you said I don't want to stand and speak I want to sit at the table and just like an interview with Holly and a chit chat and if people had questions and so before the congregation at the ladies conference you know you bring, we brought out the high top table and two of the director's chairs and you all sat and and shared and you shared your hearts and you discussed and one of the teenage girls that's that um, I'm close with and that's you know works on our team you know she loved it she said that was just the neatest thing at the ladies conference just it was a different presentation it was comfortable it wasn't someone standing up and lecturing it was interacting it was engaging personal. it was opportunity yeah intimate. it was personal and mm -hmm. intimate if we wanted to ask a question we could holly was sharing from her heart holly had never even been here she didn't know us she didn't know what to expect um you know she's an author i don't know that she's a, a gifted speaker but she was comfortable and and mm -hmm. she was able to share and to speak and so when when you guys had the idea for the name and I, we were talking about, I said, oh, at the table with Darlene. I mean, that's that's how you presented that. And we'd even talked about it. Like, trying, mm -hmm. we were like, what do we name that, that segment of right. the ladies' conference? Like, how do we say it? And I think mm -hmm. we had even said at the table. And Chris, of course, didn't know anything about that. And so it's just interesting how God brings that together. And then thinking back to the teaching and how you taught us several years ago about the importance of being at the table and having God at the table and us coming together as families, not eating in front of a television, not having your cell phone Guilty. with you, um, you know, not, but not your kids in one room and you in another or grabbing something and going, but actually coming together and, and talking and, and sharing and interacting with one another. And, and it's so true. It's so I believe that God is wanting to get us all back to that place again because it's we're living in a society where parents are very very busy. They, you know, moms and dads work, and they get in. the The kids have homework. Uh, they're rushing so many times. There's fast food involved so many times, and those are things that have to happen sometimes. Mm -hmm. But one of the most important things that can ever happen is when the family can sit down together and make it a point to have a family dinner. And can you imagine what would ha happen in the homes in America, in the Christian homes, if somehow can manage to have a table uh, dinner together? And I was so blessed. I mean, my, uh, my parents were much older when they had me, and so that was their lifestyle. That's the only lifestyle I ever knew. I mean, we ate dinner mm -hmm. together every night. I mean, I had certain chores and things to do to prepare the meal, to help clean up the meal. We ate together. We talked about our day. I mean, we did it every day without question. I didn't know that other people didn't do those mm -hmm. kind of things, you mm -hmm. know. Um, and it's it was a choice, mm -hmm. but it was also their tradition. You know, it, it was mm -hmm. just part of, of who they were and their upbringing and... Um, it's just different today yeah. with a lot of families. And maybe uh, through all this, God is trying to bring us back into a balance of the significance of the table in our families because America cannot be defeated because of its military or lack of political strength, which maybe right now we're wondering about that, but because we stop paying attention to the value of strong, healthy families. I mean, that's where we have a problem. And home is not just a physical structure but it was uh, designed by God to be the central part of our lives. 
And I believe that so many children are suffering and adults are suffering in relationships with each other and with their children because there's not that set down time. And uh, I believe that through this, maybe someone out there listening, uh, it will minister to you mm -hmm. to spend some time talking to you uh, to your children and talking to your, your spouses because home is to be a nurturing place and, and the table should be a center of it. And, and hey, guilty, guilty, guilty so many times of... Uh, uh, getting a TV tray and, and uh, having something, you know, and watching TV being while entertained. Yeah, being entertained while you eat. While we eat, and so then when you go to have a, a, we at our house, especially before we moved, we always sat at the TV tray. It was be at the TV tray with the Kramers. That would be the title of our <laughs> our podcast. <laughs> Not quite as charming, but we got into a big habit of that and. We mostly only sat at the table on taco night because it's just too messy, too messy. Yep. you know. Mm -hmm. So, but so then when we would sit at the table, and there wasn't the background of the TV going, it was actually kind of awkward every once in a while. Like, mm -hmm. okay, so what now? now what do we do? Because mm -hmm. like, do you guys want to go watch TV? <laughs> you know you that kind of thing. You do. You forget yeah, to do that, and then you listen to your kid crunching their taco shell, and you just want to. You're dying. Because you're like, wow, the TV really does help. <laughs> but but I feel like we do that with God, too. We get out of that. Uh, we get in a habit of having TV tray conversations mm -hmm. with God. So good. You know, yes. con it's, it's distracted. It's, you know, whatever. It's just like, God, I love you. And then pass me the cheeks, you know, that kind of thing. And we can have that same situation. We have to get at, back to the table with our own families. And then that will, in turn help us to get back to the table with God because the table is a safe place. There should be. The table should be a safe place where you can grow together. You're getting filled um, physically. You know, you're meeting that, that hunger need there, but also a relational hunger mm -hmm. that needs to be there. Sometimes you get so used to not having it that you don't even realize you need it anymore. And I think that we do that with God also. Is we, we're just fast food fast food Christians, you know, that's, I mean, I'm so guilty of that sometimes. And so I think that we all need to, in different ways, get back to the table and realize that that table represents relationship, it represents community, it represents um, nurture. And so we have to get back Absolutely. to that physically I'm, and spiritually. So good. Going like, you know, along with that, like pastor's been um, teaching about Thanksgiving you know, mm -hmm. having the thankful heart, being thankful. And he read, you know, 400 Psalms to us last night about, mm -hmm. you know, entering his gates with Thanksgiving, you know, just um, being thankful. And like, I'm sitting here thinking about like the Waltons and, mm -hmm. um, yes. you know, the little house on the prairie. And when you think of Thanksgiving and you watch the Thanksgiving episode, mm -hmm. um, what did they do? They sat around the table and they gave thanks, right? So yeah. you kind of have that impression of what Thanksgiving is. And what was the main thing was to give thanks with the thankful heart, to thank God for the provision. And um, I think that's another thing from gathering around the table is mm -hmm. let's take a moment to, to thank God for giving us this opportunity to, to have a home, to have a table, to have a family, to have food, yeah. just as, as a group. I mean, I have a friend and um, friends, they have two little ones, and it's so precious. They fuss over who's going to do the prayer. So the other day it was, well, you each can, you know, because they right. were so excited to thank God for, um, you know, for their for their meal, for for their time together as a family. And um, I think 
that's important too. Bringing Thanksgiving to the table all the time, not just on a designated day each year. Here's a little thought for you. A strong family has well-worn seats at the dinner table. Love it. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> if your seats look new, that's a problem, and right? And it's so good. Well-worn seats at the dinner yeah, table. Yeah, and it's so good. And it's like you said, well, I go, Tiffany. And like, you know, I was sharing earlier about uh, God created the table, you know, of worship, you know, a place where intimacy of the presence of God could be. And in that intimacy with God and that intimacy with our family. Mm -hmm. and, and I believe that, that uh, you know, it, it is a proven fact that there are several contemporary uh, and psychological and sociological studies that are confirming that families who take the time to eat together at dinner will do better in every area of their life, spirit, soul, and, and body. They're healthier. And so with God, the more time we sit at the table with him, because the table really represents our connection to him. Mm -hmm. and, and he's into our everyday life. Like I said, the thankfulness, living a life of thanksgiving, living a life. And how do we teach our children that? We have to take the time mm -hmm. to, uh, so the presence, the bread of the presence, Jesus can be at our table so they can argue over who's going to pray. So they have a story to tell. That they take time, you know. You listen to them, and parents. I believe it's an art. I think I think it can really become an art of engaging your children into conversation. Mm -hmm. That can be challenging. It can be very challenging, but it can be done mm -hmm. because you know why they want to get back to their electronics. Mine just grunts at me right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> can engage the grunt. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but you know they want to get back to to Busy. their closet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the closet is uh, because, and it's convenient for parents sometimes because oh, yeah. they're happy there and we're busy and we're doing, you know, we're doing all the different things. But I believe that if we can come at the table and make little progresses with, you know, some things designated, I think it's going to make a lot of difference in our lives. Chris? I think, too, and one of the things, I recently did a study on Sabbath and how rest which is something that I still desperately need in my life but that when you give that Sabbath time whatever that time is that time of rest to God it's, it's like a sacrifice and it's something that you give to him to show him that I'm willing to rest like you commanded me to to for you to know that you know this is my sacrifice of rest and I almost feel like the dinner table is that too because we feel like we're so busy yes. instead of the dinner table I agree. but that is also a form of Sabbath that you're sitting down that you're saying that I have time to spend with my family, and your kids see that, and I have time to spend with these relationships. I have time to commune and eat and break bread, and, and it's just something super spiritual, and it's almost like an act of, of um, it's a commitment to God to say, I'm willing to invest this time, that I'm not too busy, that work isn't more important, that TV isn't more important, mm -hmm. that these things aren't more important. Than Basketball, you, soccer, yeah, football, what dance. what commanded us to do. Yeah. yeah, so good. Jesus enjoyed being surrounded by by the, his disciples and and his loved ones and his friends, he he enjoyed that and he modeled he modeled that uh, truth with instruction and gratitude and serving and forgiveness. He you know he modeled all that for us, mm -hmm. and, and so I believe that you know to come together 
at an evening meal and enjoy it, there has to be forgiveness, you know, because children are going to be children. Spouses are going to be, you know, everybody's a little pushed. But it's hard to connect if you're at the table angry. Mm -hmm. And so I believe that if, if we can learn to get around the table of God's grace in our intimate time with Him, in our daily time with Him, as we walk with Him, eating from the presence of the Lord. And when we get time to sit down at the table with our family, I believe that that it's going to continue to grow into something beautiful in our life. And uh, there's so many instances in the Word of God about the breaking of bread. I think that also once we, uh, we're never going to perfect anything because no. we're, we're human. But once we become more, um, I don't know, more used to um, doing the family table, you know, within our own homes and within our own church, then we can, we can talk about this at a future podcast, but about we, how we can invite others to our table. So, you know, it's not just our table anymore because that's what you were just talking about. Jesus, Jesus didn't only eat with his disciples. Jesus ate with, you know, I, I'm a nervous wreck when I go to somewhere, one of those Japanese restaurants where you have to sit at a table with strangers. Oh, yeah. I, I would like just that. throw up. But that's not how it should be. That's not how Jesus was. And there's there are there are restaurants that's kind of a trend right now that you do trend. not you do not get your own table. Mm-hmm. You're gonna sit with somebody else, dad gummit, and you're gonna like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a community thing. And so I don't go to those restaurants. But I need to. I need to to stretch myself in that way. But I I started at home and then we can we can go further and invite others into our table and that's inviting others into the table of Christ also. And so yes. This I found another neat quote. If you are more fortunate than others, it's better to build a longer table than a taller fence. Oh. I am such a fence builder. Oh. Like I've got such I've got Trump's wall. But oh, that so that's a so good, good that's a good quote. We need a longer table instead of a taller fence. Oh, God help us all. That's so good. You know, I when you were uh, saying that and reading and, and that quote, we need that one again in a little bit. But I remember when we first started traveling overseas into uh, Armenia and Georgia and Azerbaijan and Ukraine, those, those countries, dinner time wouldn't be till like 8 o'clock at night mm-hmm. or later. And they were always a two-hour event. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they had huge groups would go together. And they would sit and talk and laugh and... Of course, us Americans, we're used to everything comes out at the table pretty much at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how embarrassingly fast we Americans can eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it's very hard for us to go into a nice restaurant and enjoy a five-course meal or seven-course or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, it was such an eye-opener to Pastor and I when we started going and they started, you know, you thought by the second time that they had taken your plates out away and put, put new ones in that you had finished your meal because you were finished and done and you were only into second of maybe 10, you know. I mean, and, and the laughter and the, they just had such a good time. That's a lot of plates, though, on the practical side. That's a lot of dishes. It is a lot of dishes, that right? Is a lot of this dishes. is really I'm sorry. Trigger. I know. But I'm... here's the funny thing, you know. Obviously, the dishes and the work was not 
even the thought. It was the fellowship yeah. that, they, that they enjoy, that the families enjoy. Mm-hmm. And we probably will never mm-hmm. do it like they do it. We want our appetizer and our salad and our main and course all together so we can eat and get out. Yes. That's how we do it. And we do that with God. Yeah, absolutely. God forbid it's Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Applebee's tonight. Whew. Max was like, are we ever going to get our food? I'm like, maybe not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so we do We do the same thing. Yeah, we at do. At the table with God. And, and uh, I believe that, that uh, God is speaking something very profoundly to all of us as, as Christians. You know, that at his table, there is so much for us to enjoy. There's so much meat at the table, and he wants us to do it, sharing, connecting, and being real people, because Jesus was so real with his disciples. They didn't always understand him, but he was real, and he understood even when there was a betrayer in the midst of him, he still called him friend. Yeah, and Jesus really only hung out with real people. He didn't right. like the fake people. Right. He did. He would have. He would have rather hung out with a hated tax collector who was going to be real with him than people of the church for the time because they weren't being real. Right. Yeah. You know, it was embarrassing to me to admit that I didn't graduate from high school. I mean, I was teaching. You know, I was ministering the word of God. I was teaching, and what would they think about me? What would people think? You know, I'm. I'm not qualified for any of my jobs that I've done. I've been absolutely not qualified. But that wasn't, a, you know, it's not something that I say proudly, except I boast in Christ. But I had so much shame. Mm-hmm. And if my theory was that if anyone knew... You'd they lose would, your credibility. They, yes. Mm-hmm. And what little I had, <laughs> you know, you don't want to lose it. But, but I realized that God has such a good sense of humor. And uh, he's put really intelligent people around my life. I have a, a thought, um, and this may be a good closer, I don't know, but I had a friend that I used to go to church with, and he used this phrase. He would say, enough as is, go- is as good as a feast. Hmm. Let that sink in for a minute. Wow, enough a is as good as a feast. And as I was thinking about the table, I'm thinking about God's provision. Mm-hmm. Yes. And when you come to the table, it's God's provision and God providing for you. And and sometimes we want a feast and we want the 10 courses and we but sometimes all we need is enough and it is and it satisfies it satisfies just as much as a feast would satisfy and i was thinking about like your comment about having a bigger table and inviting people over and i had already put that in my notes about um you know we we think we don't have enough to offer someone or our house isn't good enough or we don't have you know, a ham in the oven, or we don't have the grill going, and so I couldn't invite them over, or somebody just drops by, well, you can't invite them in because you're not ready, you're not prepared, and enough is as good as a feast. Mm. If you bring them in and you have cheese and, and some crackers and some sweet tea, you know, sit down, have a, a chit-chat, have some time together. I mean, I gleaned so much from my friend Denise when I was a young girl in college, sitting on the porch swing drinking sweet tea. She would teach me the word of God. She would just bathe me mm-hmm. in, in, his, in his presence and in his word. Mm. And I gleaned and learned so much from her. It wasn't an official table, but we were just in the presence of God mm-hmm. with a drink and a, maybe a snack. But I just think that's really important. Enough is as good as a feast. So basically you're saying that whatever that we have 
to offer. What's in our hands. That's in our hand, and we Mm -hmm. offer it, and we give it. It's enough. God says it's enough. Like the widow woman. Yes. And so we want to encourage. It's provision. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so we want to encourage you out there today that's listening that you may think you don't have enough to give. Well, you probably don't at all. But God always has the enough and the more than enough. And uh, he wants to fulfill in your life the destiny that he's called you to be. And he wants you to stop and think about the importance of your life and what he's deposited in you and that he cares so much, so deeply about you personally and and that he wants you to sit at his table. He wants you to sit and, and he wants you to talk to him. He wants you to be real. He wants you to talk to him about what's on your heart because he already knows, but he wants you to talk to him And then he wants you to take his word and talk to him about his word also. Because that's what brings our deliverance. That's what brings our freedom in our life. And I really, really believe that God is going to set us free more and more as we sit at the table together and learn and glean from each other. And so we're so glad that you were with us today. And uh, we're going to pray before we leave Uh, this podcast and just believe that God is touching your heart and that the simplest of things that we offer are enough because God qualifies us for whatever it is that he wants us to do and uh, and so today maybe those are there's some of you that's been struggling and uh, you just wonder what is it God that you want me to do I know that you've called me to do some things you've put some things on my heart I don't know how I don't know where to begin I don't know how to make it work but God, I want you to use me. I, I have a very dear friend, and he called me this morning. His name is Danny, and I would really like for him to be on here, Danny Wormis, sometime and share. But he was just talking to me, and, and he's seen some things, you know, that we've been putting on Facebook. And, and uh, he just, you know, was telling me, you know, and talking about the goodness of God. And I said, you know, Danny, I heard a message by a friend of mine, just say yes. And it was Danny that preached that mm-hmm. message. Just say yes. And I said, that's what we're trying our best to do is just say yes. And if we will just say yes to God, then he will open up the pathways. He will open up and uh, he will answer the questions that you have in your heart. Chris, do you have anything else that you would like to comment before we? Um, no, no, I, I... When you were talking about communing with God, I was in talking to God. I was thinking about, you know, God walked with Adam in the garden and chatted with him and communed with him. That's what He wants. He wants mm-hmm. just to walk mm-hmm. and to talk with us and yes. to sit with us. And they, not just he, when we need something, huh? That's why we're created. Yeah. To be friends with God. Yes. And we sit at a table with our friends. So. Yeah, it's so simple, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And yet we make it so difficult because we get in our head instead of going with our heart and what the word of God tells us and it, it is so simple would you mind praying to uh, closing us out in prayer today Chris and pray for those because there's a lot of people that just don't know how to get where God wants them to be but I believe that that God's going to hear our prayers today Heavenly Father we just come before you in Jesus name and we just would like to just stand with everyone that's listening God that you just bring that understanding in their life that God wants to walk with us and he wants to hear our needs and he wants to commune with us and he wants to sit at the table with us 
And God, that you would just expand the prayer times and expand the um, conversations with God and with our families and with our friends and the relationships around us, Lord, that you just help us to have insight into what it's like to dine in the relationships around us, including you, Lord. And we just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.